Bible with me this morning to the book of 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. Now, just, just Barry's the only one that knows what we're doing this morning. And frankly, as smart as he is, he's going, you know, we just never know for sure. But we're going to, we're, we're ministering on the I am essential. What is that? I don't know. It was, it's the fanciest word I could find in the, in the E section of the dictionary. No. I, let me tell you what the plan is here so you'll stay hooked up with me. The, so that you won't say, well, it's the same old stuff and I got it. Everybody in here knows, 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 knows to the depth and breadth of their being. I'm going to heaven. Everybody knows. It's not like that's not that might be negotiable. I did some things this week and no, we know we got that. But what is rare is to know who you are before you go to heaven. We all know, well, we're going to heaven. We're qualified for that. That's been drilled in. What happened at the new birth? It was so uneventful. When, when Noah, when the Lord pulled the door shut on the ark, nothing happened for several days. Did y'all know that? It, did, it didn't start raining and then everybody said, y'all grab a chain, we're going to pull this up because they would have all been swamped. So on a bright, shiny day with nothing going on, the Lord shut the the ark of the door of the ark, or shut the ark up. Well, that's how it is in these days. Jesus, the Lord Jesus said, it's going to be like that. The days of Jonah and it'll be like the days of Noah. Uh, it'll be, uh, you know, but, but we're, we're looking into our identity. Who am I? Because I, I look like a normal person. I mean, not me, but y'all do. Y'all look like normal people. It's like, who can tell what happened? There's no mark that was on you and said, well, when I got born again, you know, I got this mark and this cut and this gash and this this appendage that grew out or whatever. No, we, we are so normal looking that we defy our own identity sometimes with us. But you got to know who you are because of the, the axiom that says if you until you know who you are, you don't know what you have. You don't know. You go, well, I, do I have that? I don't feel like I should have that. That's pretty special. I don't feel special. So unless you know you're special, you won't, you won't jump at what you have that, that he says, this is special. I want you to have it. You won't, you won't think that you're worthy for the gifts of the Spirit. You won't think you're worthy to heal the, the sick and raise the dead. Oh my, who in here feels qualified, feel, feeling pretty toasty? I feel like, is anybody dead? Would anybody volunteer? I'd like to see how I can do. Mm, probably nobody in here, nobody anywhere feels that way. But I'm telling you, it's all in you. It's all up in you. Raise the dead. So we got to find out who we are. How much do we have to know? To the same extent, the same extent that you know you're going to heaven, that you know what you are, what you can do. I can raise the dead. I like what Keith Moore sings. De demons, devils, demons are afraid of me. I took that up because that's what I feel. 
And I didn't feel, you don't feel, you don't feel this armor and this great sword and this great spear and all that. You don't feel that. You just go, I got it and you don't. Devil. I know who I am. And that's the scariest thing hell's ever heard. So that's why we're on this. Because you need to be like the testimony we heard this morning. You and I both need to be that no matter where we walk, whatever room we come into, no matter who we meet, we instantly know the lay of the land. We know what the room looks like. We know who's in here. We measure it and we know what the Lord wants us to do. Are y'all here? We know it's like I'm here. You think the king of a nation that comes to the president of the United States and walks in his room, some some prime minister or king or whatever, you think he doesn't know who he is? They don't tell him to sit over there in the side chair. We're busy right now. No, and that's the way we are. Well, I don't feel that way. Well, yeah, you wouldn't and you won't. There's classified files about you that you've got to get into. You're so unique. We're all each so peculiar and particular and, and unique. It's like, I don't feel anything special or, you know, I don't feel like that. I'm so enamored by the fact, the truth, that David went to King Saul and, and, and petitioned him for the right to go out and kill Goliath. Everybody else was in the defensive mode. I'll be over there if he's fighting. I'll be over there. He said, ah. and the king said, no, 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 you can't. We, you know. And finally, he won the argument and said, I'm going out there to do some giant whooping. And the rest is story. Well, see, that's who's in you. That's exactly who you are. And like, well, why would we be the last ones to know it? Why would I, as the pastor, know things about you that you don't know? Because I'm in faith about it. I've read the word. I see what I do. So for Second Peter chapter one. Boy, it's going to be a great day, y'all. It's just going to be a great day. You, we should do this all. We should do this every Sunday. Second Peter chapter one, verse three says, according to according. So there's some things in verse one and two that he's saying and he, he taps it out according as his divine power hath 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 given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. His power has given to us. It's already been bestowed, tucked in, assembled and aligned. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. Well, what else is there? Family, what else is there? He, he took you into the grand room and said, everything we've got's here. And we just give it to you. Through the knowledge of him. So I'm going to have to know about it. For to activate it. That hath called us to glory and virtue. So I, he said, I said that to say this. That's what that is. Because of this. And so if you don't know this, don't go to that. But he said, because of this, 
that he's given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Because of that, then he can say, verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. What's that? That we might be partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature. What nature is the divine nature? The nature of God. The essence that's in him that makes him God. The zoe that makes him God. That makes him uh, different than any creature that's ever been. It's in you. Well, how did it get in there? It slipped in at the new birth. It slipped in. Well, I didn't feel it. We've got to get off of that. We got to get off of that. It wasn't dramatic. It wasn't a coronation when they when they made Charles the king. It was a big deal. It was a coronation. So everybody knew that it happened. But we didn't get that coronation. Our coronation is here. You read it and you go, I'm being coronated. I'm being bestowed upon. What happened? I'm just now finding out. But. I believe it. And so uh, and then he goes on, he says, might be partakes of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. We've escaped. They can't touch us. The devil can't touch you. Your past can't touch you. Sin can't touch you. We are sealed. And we don't have a broken spirit. We don't have a sick spirit. We don't have a. A uh, fragile spirit. Shh. We've been coronated. We, we've been bestowed upon. And it happened. Not going to happen. Well, when I, when I decide to get good enough, well, then I'm going to let the Lord use me. Fool. Fool. It happened. John 8, 31 says this. Don't turn there because I'm running like I'm always running. It says, the Lord Jesus says, if you continue in my word, y'all know where we're going? Then are ye my disciples indeed. So continue in the word, makes you a disciple. And disciples then know the truth and the truth makes them free. How free are you? You're as free as you know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when this life is over whether by rapture, by however you get out of this world, whatever that, when you lose your, your physical body, you know you're going to heaven. We don't even know exactly how that works. Well, you know, we're going to heaven. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know, but I just know I'm going. I'm leaving the earth. I'm going with him. I'm going with the saints. I'm going. Well, what, does that mean? what will you do when you get there? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. I know I'm going. See, we, we go against the odds of even knowledge about what's going to happen, but we just know we are. Well, we got to have that on like, well, that person has a demon. That'll be no problem. Because I am registered as a demon expunger. Yeah. And the sick. We've got to get this. We've got to get this. As much as anything that we're in the world, our calling card is healing and deliverance. That's our calling card. So when you catch somebody that doesn't feel good or that you just by the Holy Ghost know they need prayer for something, that's the calling card. That's the supernatural. That's what makes you not a Baptist. 
Can you say that? Because the Baptists are not looking for that. They're not, the Methodists are not looking for that. They're not saying, power came on me and I'm, I'm, I'm going out. They're not doing that. So what makes you different? Well, our church is pretty. Well, nah, not that much. What makes us different? We believe. We, we just like, I know who I am. Well, who do you think you are? I, exactly who he says I am. That's who I am. I he, you could be that. You could have that. You could do. But I do. I believe that. There is no success without believing unto speaking. How do you measure believing? Well, I believe. I've got faith. Well, that's what they say. But how do we know if you are believing? It's we listen to your speaking. Believing is affirmed by speaking, measured by speaking. If you don't talk it, then you can't walk it. If you if you can't say it in a conversation, it's not mean doesn't mean you can't parrot it doesn't mean you can't uh Conjure it up and say, well, okay, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. It doesn't mean you can't say that, but that's, we recognize. We know the train that's coming from the east is not the same train as the ones coming from the west. We know the train that comes out of our head that says, I'm healed, I'm healed. But when we hear faith, it's, it's carrying the word out of our spirit. And that's what we believe. You want to change the way you believe? Change what's in your spirit. Put, put more of that in there until it overflows. It's the overflow. Think of it as a barrel. And, and the barrel's full, but nothing's coming out. So we'd say that barrel might as well be empty. But if it rains again into that barrel or you pour some in there and it overflows, we'd say that is the life. We reached overflow. More's coming out than going in. And so we can road test what we believe. I believe. I, I'm a believer. I believe. I believe we can do this and do that. Well, okay. We'll listen to you. And we do. But more importantly, we listen to ourselves. Judge yourself, lest you be judged. Ju judge yourself. Am I, what am I hearing? Oh, here comes that crud again. I had it last year and it looks like I'm going to go through it again. No, no condemnation. No judgment. It just means there's work to be done. We, and we have to acknowledge the process. So we have to acknowledge the process. We've got to put the truth in because that's what sets us free. Being a religious zealot does not set you free. Now, uh, Genesis chapter 3. Do we have time for that? Sure. Genesis chapter 3. Bet you didn't expect that little U-turn. So I got to know the truth. I got to know the truth about him. How come people are just now in this last 10 years saying, you know, God's good. Why, why is that a revelation? Why, why is that something like the green light means we can go? Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's what it means. How come we're just now coming up with God is good? 
Could be some people have been telling an untruth about him all along. Wouldn't speak it, wouldn't say it, but then they wouldn't. You go to a funeral and they'll say, well, God's goodness is not the same as your goodness. Heard that myself. Verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the, every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit, here's, the, here's verse 3. Here's the, yeah, but. You know everything that comes after but shouldn't be there. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it. Did y'all ever do a little research on chapter one and chapter two and say, that's not what God said. Religion does lie. And if you don't know the truth, you won't ever be free. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Well, the serpent said unto them, ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, she snookered her husband and said, come over here and get some of me. Get, get what I'm getting. And, she did, and he did eat and gave unto her husband with her. The point is, it's verse 5. For God doth know in the day that ye eat thereof that your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Well, guess what? He tempted them with what they already had. Adam had already named every creature in the garden. That's a yeah, buddy, all afternoon project. Would y'all say? That took, may have, he may have waited till morning to finish it up. Had dominion over everything. Everything had dominion. You think they weren't esteemed in the kingdom? God came down from heaven and walked with Adam in the cool of the garden. That's not your everyday New Testament experience. So the devil said, how about if we look at what God hadn't given you? And he listed things that God had already given. That's happening right now in our world. Y'all brighten up this morning. It's happening right now. There, what if we could heal the sick? We can. What if we could get our needs met? We can. Genesis 22. Are you, can you slip over just a, a chapter 6? Verse 7. It says in verse 7, Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Now there it is right there. We could go further, but he said, God will provide for what he's required. Now family, we got to know this. If he's required something of you out of the word or to you specifically, he's going to fund it. Well, I don't know. It's a lot of money to bring my tithe in. He'll fund it. He'll give you the money. He just wants you to see. He just wants to see what you'll do with it once he gives you the money. Oh, this is my money. 
I made this money. No. And uh, he goes on there, and you know the story, but the, the story is God will provide. He will provide everything that it takes to obey him. Y'all, this is, this is the easiest story that's ever been told. God tells you what to do and then does it for you. All you do is go through the motions. Speak to the mountain, say to the mountain, uh, uh, sow your seed, and then it comes back. It's like, this isn't hard. It's who we are. It's who we are. It's who I am. Are you that? I am. In Genesis 25, you're right there. Let's look in verse 27. There's all sorts of stories in here about how God's already done it. 25, verse uh, 27. The boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Y'all stay out of the tents. Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Jacob sawed pottage, and Jacob sawed pottage, and, and whatever that means. I guess it's a word for cooked. And Esau came from the field as he was faint, and Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore his name was called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, I'm about to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? The same thing in the garden, isn't it? And so Jacob swindled him out of it. Jacob had it. I mean, excuse me, Esau had the birthright. It was already his. The devil's going to try to swindle you out of something that's already yours. He's going to try to tell you you don't have what you already have. He's going to tell you, you, you're little, you sinned, you've messed up. You're con you're, you, can't, you can't do and have and be what the word says because you don't qualify. And we've got to qualify. We've got to qualify. We've got to qualify without hesitation. Hesitation will kill you. I like Numbers 13 where it talks about the 12 spies. It's one of my favorite stories. It's the two uncommon men. Uh, what were their names? Caleb and Joshua. Thank you. It's like they said, boys, we already got this. God's already promised it to us. Why are you going to go back and say we don't have it? We can't have it. It won't come because it's ours. God, God himself, the one that created all this, has said, this is y'all's. I need you to go out there and, and, and find out where, how many miles it is to the fortress and which door, which side of the fortress the door's on. That's what I need you to know. And they went in and said, well, that's not our job. Our job is to see if we can do it or not. That's never your job. My job is not to know whether God will keep his word. I mean, it is my job, but it's not my job to figure out how he's going to keep his word. Excuse me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Y'all are so fast, I can just skim through this stuff. Now, y'all know I know that you already know all this. 
you already know all this. We're just, we're just hitting some high spots here. But repetition is what drives it in. And so we're going to talk about it and talk about it. This is, this, this is number eight. And we talk about it even when it's not in this series. It says in chapter 4, verse 13, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. We also believe and therefore speak. I believe. How do, how do I know? How do you know I believe? Because therefore my believing speaks. Not me, my believing speaks. My believing speaks. You can hear faith because faith will speak. And here I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this. When we speak from knowing... Y'all write this down. When we speak from knowing, the battle is over. When you speak from knowing, we believe and therefore we speak. How do, how do you know? Because I spoke. That means I believe. When you know, when you speak from knowing, the battle is over. So you go, well, how do I win in faith? You put in... Until your believing speaks. You go, well, it's got to be harder than that. It's not harder than that. That's, that's how hard it is. When you believe unto speaking, the battle is over. There's nothing left for God to do. Well, there's a lot here not done. It's over. The battle is over. Even, the, even though the bad guys hadn't even showed up yet, it's over. Your words have created your future and it's finished. Well, how do we know? You have to know that like you know I'm going to heaven. And when you know that, when you know I found out the formula, I got the, I got the answer. When I believe unto speaking, the battle, whatever I spoke, that battle is over. If I want more, I got to put more believing in, more faith in, more truth in. I got to put more in because then my believer... My spirit will speak and whatever it speaks, whatever my spirit speaks in faith, it's over. The battle is won. It's done. It's got to be harder than that. All of religion fights us, fights the word, trying to make it more complicated. They try to put you under the law. You need you didn't do enough. Or you did bad things and that disqualified you when you did do enough or or whatever. Once you qualify your life and say, I am a child of God. Now, the reason I'm going to heaven is because I am a son, a daughter of God. Done. Finished. I'm not in a process of adoption. Your paperwork hadn't come back yet. You know, you're kind of you're kind of a ward of the state. No, it happened at the new birth. We filled out all the paperwork on that. Yes, Lord, I make you my, I make you the Lord of my life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This stuff's so cool. I mean, this is like getting into a secret files of somebody's nuclear technology and stealing all their secrets and taking it home.
Well, let's go to Colossians 2, and then we'll, we'll wind her up there. Uh, I sure meant to go further. I always mean to go further, but should the Lord tarry, we will pick this up at another time. But we're going to party hardy Wednesday. We're going to party hardy. Not because of me, but because of the powers that be. Colossians 2.10. Let's read it together. Verse 10. I'm in the King James. Do the best you can. Ready? Read. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now let's put it over in first person. Let's, let's say this came out of my spirit. Because if you believe it, if you believe it, then when you say it, you, you seal the deal. You sign the documents. You, you, you handshake, whatever you do. So let's read it. Verse 10, ready to read. And I am complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Okay, that ends it. Well, there's a little thing I have to tie off. There's everybody that's in the kingdom that doesn't know who they are is always going to tie something off. I'm working on my life so the Lord can accept me. They don't ever say that, but that's exactly how they act. That's exactly what they say, is I'm not good enough, and therefore I'm working on that. But the Bible says at the new birth, I'm complete in him. I'm complete in him. Well, you know, you, you've been through some stuff, and you've, you've uh, used to do this and smoke that, and used to run around with the girls that do and all that. I'm complete in him. We're sealed. Sin cannot touch us. Y'all, we got to get that. Sin can't touch you. Sin can't touch you. No matter what you've done, no matter what dastardly, terrible thing you've done, how against the word it was, how, how anti-Christ it was, how you knew better, but you just, the lust of it and the desire for it just, just overcame you and you did it anyway. And then you said, I'll never do it again. And you did it again. So there's a double condemnation. You said, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I will never do it again. And you did it again. We're sealed. Bing! Bing! It just ricochets off. Now, it'll work, it'll work old Billy on your head. That's why if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us in our head from all unrighteousness. We come, to, we come to the conclusion, it's as if I never sinned. And that's what the reality is, is as if you never sinned because sin can't touch you. Everything before the new birth is forgiven, restored, washed away. Washed, cleansed. And now we're the new creature in Christ. And sin can't touch us. Because, why? Because I'm incomplete in him. I'm not, God's working on me. God's not working on you. He worked on you. The new birth finished it and he's done. God's not working on anybody. They'll say that. What they mean is I'm trying to get it straight in my head. Well, we're all renewing our mind. We're all renewing our mind to keep it in agreement with the truth, the reality, the, the set you free that's down here. We're all working on our head. The, the serpent comes and says, ah, you could have more. Well, you wake up one morning and say, I already have it. I already have the more. 
If you were righteous, you could you could heal the sick. I am the righteous and I do heal the sick. Your money would be right if you wouldn't if you'd quit playing around with this and that. My money is right. So so the devil always comes and says, you, you, you need a little more, need to work on that. You need to fall short of the glory of God. And we don't. The Amplified says, and you are in him made full. Having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. And he is the head of all rule and authority. So now, what if the Bible was true? Passion Version says he's the complete fullness of deity living in human form. What human form is that? It's me. It's you. And our own completeness is found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. That's what the Bible says. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the earth. So there's nobody going to come and say, I'm, I'm going to bust you up. I'm in him and he's the complete authority and principle of all the earth. It's funny that we have to preach the good news and drive it in and work it in and massage it in. But we all are so amazed at how good it is and how full it is and how complete it is. We can hardly believe it's that good for somebody like us, like me, like you, whatever. You go, well, I, and I, I was a good boy. I, I told you all the other day, my testimony is pretty pitiful because I never did do that stuff. I never did. I never smoked it or drank it or ran around with the girls that did. I never did. But I'm just as, I'm just as, I was just as far before I was born again as the drunk in the gutter. No difference. Well, amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? We're just lifting him up and saying, thank you, Lord. You just did it. You did it. And it's done. It's done. And you're happy. You're happy with me. Well, you're happy with each one of us. You're happy. It's not like I, I, I could like to be happier. No, you're happy. You're happy. You covered and washed us and took it away. And you're happy with us. You are thrilled. You are thrilled with our lives. You cannot hardly wait for an opportunity to open that you can do and be more for us than already. Oh my. Amen. Oh my. Oh my. I love that. I'm complete in him. So I, you could get your little card, a little three by five or a little three and a half by four and a half, whatever card, and put it on something that you looked at that just said, not a lot of words, not, not I am complete in him as in right now. Well, what about this and what about that? I am complete in him. It's finished. It's done. I'm complete in him. Everything that could ever be is. Everything people work for, I'm working on me so that I could be that. You already are that. Oh, 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 oh. 
Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Lord. Well, Jesus is wonderful. We're going to heal the sick in this town. We're going to heal the sick. And we're, right now, we're in school. We've been in school for 28, I've been here 27 years at River Church. Been here 27 years. This last month, I've been in Alabama longer than I was ever in Texas. 28 years in one month. I was only in Texas 28 years. I was born and raised here. <laughs> That's what I'm saying with a straight face. I'm so glad to be here. Are y'all glad to be here? Are you happy how your life turned out? Well, it may have been a little nasty here and a little rough over there. But what difference does it make? Here's where we are. Our past doesn't affect you. If it did, I would tell you how that, that butter pecan ice cream was yesterday. I'd still be wallering it around saying, that's good stuff. But it's gone. It's none of that left. And the same thing with the toughness of our life. It's like, whatever, whatever. To get me here, I'm here. Let's stand up. Let's sing a song.